ladies and gentlemen, we are live, live on the podcast with the voice, yeah, baby, Michael Chavello, a meeting of the minds, ladies and gentlemen, two mixed martial arts connoisseurs, if you will, together on a podcast, sponsored, by the way, by The Fleshlight, as always. Now they have a new Avatar version now. It's not really Avatar. They can't say Avatar, but you know what you're fucking... They're gonna, it's blue, oh. it's blue vagina. These are like they've got in Tokyo. They're called Tengas over there. They're huge sellers at Don Quixote stores. Really? Which, for us mixed martial arts fans, Don Quixote is also the major sponsor of Sengoku. Really? So therefore, what is Don Quixote? It's, like it's a, a store. No, it's a store where you can buy everything from fashion to food to fucking sex shit like this. And they sell these things called Tenga. It's similar to this, but a bit smaller because the Japanese have really small cocks. Sorry to all of our Japanese fans, but you do. Oh, rude. Fucking cocks How like this. rude. And yeah, the guys buy these things, Tengas, and they rip the lids off and they fuck them. And, well, yeah. uh, this, is, uh, this is the only sponsor I have for the show. Well, I've, I've got a couple other ones, but, you know, in the, the MP3 versions. But this. Uh, this company was sponsored by a guy whose wife was pregnant, and uh, his he couldn't fuck her, obviously. Oh, you know? so he did. So he invented something to came, fuck. Came up with something to fuck. That's brilliant. And now he's rich. I That's mean, it's like his own personal. Like they, they they came up with all these patents for what makes it feel the most like a pussy. It's really fantastic well, shit. Like, like if you feel it, I'm not feeling. You fucking stuck your cock in there. Man. No, I didn't. I wouldn't do that to you. I promise me, I have not one that the Rogan fucking schlonger. I have not done that. I would not do that to you. I would only give you a clean one. <laughs> oh, you spit and two fingered it. Ooh, I feel dirty. Damn. Shit. Yeah, right. it's pretty pretty cool. It's nice, man. Well, you know what I like the most about it though? That there's been a bunch of controversy about it. I think Mayhem People stuck his cock in there, dude, when no, he was he doing didn't. the podcast. He wasn't here. He just got this. I just got this last week. Damn. Mayhem touched one. I might have given him one. I'll give you one if you want. I got some extra. I'll That's right. It. I got my girlfriend here. When she goes, Shazam! I'm, I'm on the road. Then uh, I yeah, know what you're saying, man. Then it's everything. Lonely times, brother. Lonely times on the road. Cantaloupes in the microwave. You know, I only discovered like 12 months ago that the Japanese toilets all have, uh, they shoot water into your ass. Right. So I haven't wiped my ass in Japan for the last 10 months because that shoots water in your ass and cleans your ass out. But That's really the way to do it. It's the way to go. And it warms, the seat warms and the seat tilts from side to side. But if you shift back a little bit more... It goes from your ass and shoots onto your balls. Oh. So the Japanese toilets can fondle your balls oh. while you're lonely nights on the road and nice. get your balls fondled and get the moisturizer out. So that's what you do? Fondle my balls senseless, man, all <laughs> on the road. That's how I prepare for flight commentary. <laughs> how do you prepare? Do you prepare? Do you like sit down with... Uh, so you know almost everything there is to know about all these guys that are fighting. I mean, you're... The, the one of the things that I, I appreciate about you is just like me. Like, if you weren't doing this, you would still be watching it just as much. Still, man. Lucky I'm a fan, you know? Yeah, that's what he's over here tonight, so we're going to watch Strike Force. Yeah. We're buddies. We met in Edmonton, uh-huh. and we hung out in Australia, and uh, now he's over my house, and we're going to watch the fights tonight. Yeah, yeah. Fire I can't up. wait. But, man, I just, um, yeah, the only thing I like to do before I commentate is I just like to listen to music, man. I'm I yeah. like to listen to music. I don't talk very much. Like I'm last night, last year we drove to Dynamite, which from the hotel to go to Saitama in Tokyo is like a fifty minute drive. And in the cab was like me and Irene and one of our producers. And I said to both of them, "Go, you two talk to each other because I'm put these headphones on and just I don't talk to anyone." Wow, just, like so to just, just get out, fired man. up, just, huh? Yeah, just fire. Just up. like to be in a good state of mind. When just you get in a good in there. state of mind. I, but dude, I play some cheesy ass songs. Do you? Like seriously, if you saw the ten songs <laughs> I play before I go on air, there's cheesy ass. Like fucking- what? What do you got? Dude, I got everything from the theme from Joe Esposito theme from Karate Kid. You're the best around, right? Yeah. You know wow. that one. To okay. like the theme from fucking Greece, like songs from the musical Greece. Really? Yeah, weird shit, dude. What's it's that like, about? And that gets you excited for real? I like the hand jive, the Greece hand jive song. Really? 
Do the hand drive, baby. That one, right? I'm like, I'm about to go on air and commentate K1 and dream. I'm like, hand drive. That would drive me crazy. No, man, fucking crazy. One man's poison. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love it. That's it. I just, you know, I make sure I'm well prepared. I do all my research and all, all that sort of shit, but I know most of the guys anyway. I like some bad music. What do you like? I like some country music that's terrible. Really? Yeah. I could have been a cowboy. Oh, you know, you know that song? Dude. I like that song. I country don't know why. Music, I like seriously? some I like some dumb Toby Keith style country oh, music. Oh, <laughs> <damn laughs> evil, man. I like good country music too. I like like Hank Williams Jr. I uh, like that Matt Hughes song, Country Boy Can't Survive. Oh, I yeah. fucking love that song. <laughs> That's a goddamn jam. I used to like R&B, man, but now yeah? it shits oh, me. You know R&B what? Is Everyone is too gangster. R&B is just At the end of the day, yeah, some guys on the same, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to pop a cat. These oh, motherfuckers. You can't get gangster like, on R&B. Dude, you sing. Yeah. You're a singer for a living. Do you know what would have happened to me if I told my dad when I was six years old, Daddy, I want to be a singer? He would have fucking <laughs> get out. On the street. Well, they, they don't sing. like to think of themselves as being, that that's a feminine thing, so they overcompensate. They sing for a fucking but living. But rapping's not singing, right? Rapping's sort of... Rapping is just fast talking to it's music, It's more dude. shit talk. It's fast yeah, talking. it's just shit talk. It's like, I hate you know? everybody. There's like a rhythm to it, yeah. so it is kind of like musical, but... Yeah, but, but I like old R and B. Like I love Marvin Gaye. Like that motherfucker just had a voice, man. But I don't like the new stuff because I don't believe them. It's too gangster. You know what I'm saying? Like, except unless other. they're like R. Kelly. I yeah, love R. Kelly R. just because it's cool, funny, man. Right? Just because it's so ridiculous. Any guy likes urinating Bitch, on chicken. I wish you would burn my motherfucking clothes. He sings that. I mean, oh, the, the shit that he sings is like a a ghetto conversation, and he just puts it to song. Exactly. I can appreciate that. But you know, and the, every second word is, I oh, know it's like a bad word, the taboo word, like nigger. You know, like yeah. we don't have that in Australia. You don't call anyone that. There's right. hardly any black people in Australia. But every second so word, so that word doesn't even exist. No, we wouldn't say it. Really? No. So it's like Americans calling someone an abo. Abo. Right, Abo- Abo- Aborigine. Aborigine, yeah. Right. See, Abo is Abo, a bad word. It doesn't exist like, over here. You call someone, hey, you fucking Abo, and they'll go, well, okay, yeah, what? Like, well, if what I call a black I? guy an American Abo, he goes, right. Abo, right. what's that? If but I call him a nigger, he's going to kill me. But if you call an Ab- Aborigine an Abo, it's the same thing as calling him a nigger? Forget it, they'll pour petrol on you and set you on fire. They But I don't understand. But that's just a short version yeah, of you. Aborigine. It- Yo, you got to turn that shit off, son. Dismiss alarm. I don't know why it's on at like <laughs> five in the afternoon. It's time to get your balls followed by the toilet. You got that shit on a clock, you sick fuck. But What's you're right. You? It's, it's, it's an abbreviation. It's yeah. like if you're Jewish and I say you're Jew, nothing wrong with that. Right. Aboriginal, nothing. Abo. Yeah. Italian, Itai. There's nothing wrong I with said that, man. Once I said Australian, a Aussie. Yeah, what's wrong with that? But Abos hate being called Abos. I made a, mis- a statement once saying the Japs have created some insane shit. And this guy goes, do you know how racist that is that you just said that? I'm like, what? No, but the thing I'm, is... We were talking about NSXs. We were talking about engineering, like Japanese right. race car engineering. Like, they've invented some incredible shit. Their cars are so reliable. And so I said, the Japs have invented some incredible shit. This guy's like, do you know how racist that is? Like, Dude, I had this <laughs> argument last year with someone because I called someone a Jap back home. And it's like, an, it's, it's like the World War II alliance thing that it's racist to call Jap. And I've gone, I've, get been, past that. I've been silly. working around Japanese people for years yeah. and I'm sure I've called them Jap to their face and they don't mind. And it, my mate's like, dude, that's so fucking racist. It's just wrong. You can't say Jap, blah, blah, blah. So I went to Japan and I asked my producer, I said, dude, if I call you a Jap, are you offended? He goes, no, it's short for Japanese. Yeah, I go, no fuck? offense. Yeah. You don't fucking start thinking Pearl Harbor and you know well, nuclear bombs on Hiroshima. Nips, and sh- but people thought the Nips was far too offensive. But, but Nippon. Nippon. Yeah, exactly. Japan, that's how the Japanese say Japan. They don't say Japan. 
They say Nippon. Some people are retarded, man. Well, it's it's a strange thing where people don't want to step on people's toes over nonsense. People like an retarded. abbreviation of a name is bad. But you know, Australia, Australia, intent yeah. is the only thing that's bad. Intent. It's all in how do you do you feel like when you say these, these Japs are fucking badass. They make some cool shit. Or do you say these Japs, these little tiny cock yellow motherfuckers coming over here to fuck all the white women and take all the, the land and you, you start getting angry? Well, then Japs is a bad thing. But it's the intent behind it that's bad. It's an abbreviation fucking Asian, man. Yeah. That's what it is. It's an abbreviation fucking so people are always looking for a reason to be pissed off. People are so pissed off just about life itself, about traffic and bullshit and bills and the constant monotony no, of work. Everybody has a fucking opinion this day, man. Yeah. Why can't some people just shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up? <laughs> like the fucking cocksuckers I read on the internet sometimes. <laughs> it's like... What qualifies you to have a fucking opinion that I should pay attention for? Yeah. Are you sitting behind your website fucking getting paid to put your opinion on there? No. Well, even the ones who yeah. are, there's a lot of websites out there that are, Dude. there's a lot of bloggers, in my opinion, that aren't, aren't nearly as good as some of the commentary guys who post on like mixedmartialarts.com. There's some fucking intelligent guys that I've been reading their posts for years. And if there, I know that if there's a post about anything like serious, well, this guy, if he posts something about it, this is going to be an interesting opinion. I, I want to read this. But how many writers can you say that about? How many <laughs> MMA writers? Very few, I, more, I think there's more talented people on forums. Now, the other thing with MMA writers is I, they are blinded to anything outside of the UFC. Right? And I love the UFC because I'm a fucking huge MMA fan. I don't fan, think Josh Gross is. Josh Gross Josh, is pretty open. Josh one of the rare ones. Yeah. There's a few that aren't, but a lot of them are blinded to anything that is not UFC. They might know? be scared. Yeah. They might be scared. They're scared they're going to be yanked their credentials yeah. from, from, well, from Dana. You know? fucking careful I, with Dana. Dana doesn't oh, play. I know. It's, it's creepy. But a lot of them don't even know anything about martial arts, bro. You could not sit down and have it's a conversation a, really, about martial arts with them. It's, you know, it's, and, and Dana is so competitive that he does have this environment where, you know, he feels like, they should pay attention to the UFC first, and then if they don't, he's he's not very happy with that. You know, I would say UFC is the one. It's the promotion. <laughs> it is the one you got to well, pay attention to first and foremost. That attitude and the pushing it like that is the reason why this fucking sport's gigantic. Exactly. The reason why it's going to Australia. Exactly. He's not lazy. All right. No. He's, he's he's taking on all fronts. You know. He's so it's it's tough for journalists. You know, mm. in in that sense. You know, but. There are some fucking talented guys out there. Oh, shit. You know, yeah. like Josh Gross is a talented journalist, you know, and he's he's honest about shit. He's sometimes he's a little hypercritical. Sometimes guys get like critical about dudes' abilities and characters, and they try to say something bitchy because if someone puts in a bad performance, they'll just they feel like, you know, it's their job to be critical and to be shitty. But it's like you got bitter. nothing better to fucking write about. I, I did the K1 well, show okay, last week. Here's a Dude, perfect here's a perfect point right. of view. What, what do you say about like a crow cop and a mirror? fight when crow cop and mir fight man there's not a lot of positive things to say the positive thing to say is the end of the fight of course frank mir landed a perfect knee and put crow cop away and then finished him you know jumped all over him so that's that's the good thing to say but for everything up before that what could a writer say you know so they just start going off about you know the just the worst possible shit that they could think of you know what's wrong with frank mir and how you know he's got this attitude and crow cop should hang it up and they'll just write the most bitter fucked up shit you know, I think the the human drama is far more compelling. The real drama of that fight, you know, it's like that was a strange fight, man. Dude, the thing with that fight, though, it's, it's like, like they like liked each other or something. Mirko came out and he said, "Even if I lose, I'm not going to get cut from UFC." So when I read that, I'm like, I don't want to fucking see this fight. Did he say that? He came out and said one of the websites, like Mirko says, even if I lose, I can't get cut. Well, if that's the case, I don't want to fucking watch that fight, man. Because already he, I know he, that I'm not sure if you've really got that in the back that. of your head. I'm not sure if he really said that. 
Uh, I these words were maybe misconstrued. Mm, very could be taken you know? out of context. Yeah. If you lose this fight, do you think you'll be kicked out of the UFC? I hope not. Merko says he won't be kicked out of the UFC if he loses this fight. You know, it's uh, journalism sometimes is that bad. Yeah, it's misconstrued. It'll be it's misconceived. Yeah. Exactly. And I then it's reported the wrong way. I supposedly said, and I was like, I didn't say it like <laughs> that. You know, you're missing what I'm Dude, saying. Dude, that has been the big difference, bro, between commentating outside of America and then recently coming onto the American scene it's like you get people that sit there and watch the broadcast and analyze every fucking word yeah. and pause and breath yeah. you take and yeah. then dissect it down to the nitty gritty online it's, it's like- bad and it's negative but I also think it's good for me personally it's good I've I've learned a lot from shitty people online saying shitty things because you know worst case scenario what can they attack you on is there any validity in this total piece of shit who's saying terrible things about you but do they have a point and if they do have a point then you can like snatch victory from the, all their negative bullshit by using by whatever they're saying yeah. and improving it in, in a way if you use it positively it acts as yeah. a watchdog for your own abilities and your own appearances on air to, to total cunts though yeah, yeah. I get personal freedom out of like reading the shittiest nastiest yeah. things that like I know just some desperate angry fuckhead says and turning it into a positive thing for me like I have this little game that I play with because it's very difficult to do no, man, I want to do like Solent Bob and Jay style and like hunt the fuckers down <laughs> you know like you get mad <laughs> when you read when you read shit about nah, yourself do you get mad nah you get used to it man you know it's like and I, I tend not to read a lot of it because it's like what am I going to do? Sit there and read it and, and, and go, oh, wow, I'm so super and fantastic because people are giving you these compliments. And then you read people that will bag you. Why? Does well, need to read it's them, good man? to know that people are enjoying what you do. It's good to know. It's and good I, to know and to bro, connect with them. I, I saw you did that recently on the underground. You made a, a Yeah, a, my a first post. time on the yeah. underground. Yeah, Dude, there, there. there's plenty yeah. of cool people on there. Yeah. I post on there all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, there's plenty of cool people there. There's going to be douchebags no matter what. When you have anonymous yeah. screaming names and people can say anything they want, whenever you have that situation, there's going to be douchebags. It's just sad, it's though, totally man. Totally uh, you know, Sure Dog, which has got some great posts, but also some ludicrously fucking ridiculous bullfuckers yeah. on there. It's like, and so many pro fighters that I know and so many media guys just won't post on sites like that anymore because of the reason that people just attack and attack like fucking piranhas, yeah. man. <laughs> this... A lot of hateful fucks out yeah, there. A lot of hateful fucks. It's, out there. But it's a fascinating thing, man, because we're finally getting to see that. Like everyone gets to see that now. Yeah. It used to be you never got to see that if you were a star. You know, stars. I think just twenty years ago were were much more likely to be believing their own bullshit. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> saw the one yeah, side of the story, right? Back then, they never saw shit. <laughs> and if it got in a magazine, they approved it. You know, if it right. got in a newspaper, it had to be like big news, like Roman Polanski yeah. type news to make it in the newspaper. But now, man, they're all up in your shit every day man everything is just taken apart and dissected twitter yeah. i'm getting used to twitter twitter's not big in australia dude really? like two people in australia who know about twitter no one really? twitters everyone's on fucking facebook oh no really? one twitters in australia some people are still stuck on myspace well if twitter and facebook on mine are connected so if i send something on twitter it goes to to facebook it says it there too Dude, I so don't know about technology. Oh. Your house is like fucking NASA in here, man. You have more <laughs> shuttles and shit. And like... I'm a technology junkie. Dude, unbelievable. I'm fascinated by what's going on with technology. And right man, now. could you seriously live any higher up on a fucking mountain or whatever you're I did, man. When I was living in Colorado. I got a nosebleed drawing up here, man. <laughs> Dude, this ain't shit. This is Dude. civilization compared to where I was living. I was really? living down. I was living eight miles down a dirt road on the top of a mountain in Boulder. Fuck, man. Yeah. This That's is where I like up. to live. I like to live up and above so that when like waves of water or waves oh, when of the retards. Comes and they come yeah, and- either waves of water or waves <laughs> of retards. You see them coming up the hill. I just, I don't, I just like being away. I think, 
I'm very sensitive to people's energy and people's thoughts and their lives and their bullshit. So I like to be as when I sleep and when I'm at home and when I'm writing, when I'm by myself, I like to be as far away from people as possible. I and, like man, it's cool because all the houses here are different. They're not all the same. And other guarded communities I've seen here in the states because we don't have guarded communities in Oz. The houses look all the same though, and up here they're all different. And on the guard gate, there's two guards. How's this? Two guards named Ralph. Hmm. At once on duty. I read the on duty sign. There's three of them. Two of them. I named Ralph. When did you ever get Maybe two not Ralphs real, together? Man. Maybe it's a conspiracy. It's like there's a rule, man, in the world, like those Coca-Cola inventors that had to be at least 50 feet apart from each other at all times. You really? know, It's like you never see two Ralphs Wait a minute. What is this? in the Coca-Cola same Coca-Cola inventors had to be 50 feet apart from each other? You never hear that urban legend as a kid. No. Like the inventors of Coca-Cola or the inventors of KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, with the secret recipe that they carry around on them all the time <laughs> must at least be 50 feet apart. So if one of them dies, the other one so if survives. one of them dies, from the other one survives. Wow. Could yeah. you imagine if a recipe was that valuable? The KFC? Secret 11 <laughs> herbs and spices! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will fuck up your KFC love, appetite fucking, like watching one of those PETA videos. Though. I love fucking children's urban legends, man. We're at school. That's yeah. what I told you about, about being a black belt when the kid said to me in grade five, we're talking about martial arts, and he's like, you can't be any more than a third damn black belt in Australia or you've got to get out of the country because you're then <laughs> lethal weapon and have a license to kill. That's and hilarious. I'm like, I believed that for years, man. That, I would probably I believe, believe it. it too. I'm I like, believe wow, you just can't get too deadly, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about urban legends, yeah. do you get the same ones that we do here? Did you guys get the Richard Gere gerbil rumor? Oh, in the ass? Yes. I didn't get that, man, because I we didn't know didn't what gerbils it? were, because we call them, uh, I think it's what we call guinea pig in Australia. No, we have guinea pigs too. Guinea pigs are much bigger, though. What's a gerbil? Gerbil's it's like a small. rat. It's almost like, yeah, it's like a mouse. Now, people genuinely stick mice yes. up there. If you th- look, if you've thought of it, someone's put it up their ass. That's a fact. And I knew about this. I didn't want to know about this, but I knew about my buddy Steve Graham, who uh, is a friend of mine from back when I was like 15 years old and still still good friends. He's a doctor and he did his residency in Miami and he said he got to see everything. Oh, dude, and my dude used to tell me about yeah. gunshot wounds and every day they'd be pulling some new thing out of dude's asses. Dr. Nick Nicoletto back in Melbourne. So a doctor friend of mine, great doctor to go to dinner with because he'll tell you our stories for hours. Right. He, has, he pulled a, a working dildo. The dildo was still on. <laughs> In a guy's colon, it was lodged. It went so far oh, fucking up his inside. Jesus Christ. And he had to milk it out of the guy's fucking oh colon and shoot it out God. of his ass. And the dildo was still on. Some other guy went there and had a fucking brim, a fish up his ass. A brim. <laughs> a fucking brim up his ass. The thing that shocked my friend the most was glass. He said a lot of them have glass up their ass. They'll no. stick bottles and jars, and the, the jars break. And Oh, no. The freakiest one when my doctor Nick told me was, it wasn't about ass. It was two gay guys that came to see him. No, one gay guy came to see him, and he had a problem with his cock. Oh. His cock had all this pus and shit coming out of oh, it. Oh, my So Dr. Nick's Lord. had a look at his cock, you know. He's gone... <laughs> I just don't know what I'm seeing here, dude. Right. It's like, what have, what have you been doing? What would the reason for this be? So the gay guy proceeded to tell him, he thought, well, this might be the reason. What him and his gay lover were doing, they were getting thin pieces of piping, thin pieces of piping like this thin, uh, right? Long pipes. He would stick it into his urethra and then connect the other end to his gay lover's urethra and then they would piss back oh, and forth. They would piss between God. their cocks. So... He was pissing into his lover's cock 
and then his lover oh, pissing back into his cock. God. And he's gone into the doctor saying, Doc, my cock's going to fucking <laughs> pass over it. Why? And Dr. Nick's like, why the fuck do you think you are sharing urine with another human being, you with dirty a, With fuck? a metal through your dick. It's through, probably the metal oh, rod through the dick that fucked him up more than the piss. Pissing back and forth. His piss is basically sterile. Oh, and what was the other, oh, the other maybe, story he told me? About this fat chick that came in one day, like mega fat, like, you know, what's that in Gilbert Grape, that fucking big fat chick? 500 pounds. Yeah, huge. Right? What do you guys huge. use? Kilos? You use kilos? kilos, kilos. So she'd be like what would 280 kilos. 280 like kilos. Like a bono size. 500 right? pounds sounds huge. better, though. Yeah, 500 pounds. That's like Yokozuna yeah. size. Cool. Kilos are just too big. A so let's say let's, this, this fucking gargantuan behemoth comes in. Right. And she came in. <laughs> And she'd stuck her tampon too far up her pussy. Oh. So she asked Dr. Nick to get it out. So he had to get like the oh. fucking pliers, the tongs, and go in this girl's fucking cavern, right? She got through all the fat in her thighs and pull out her tampon. She came back the next month with the very same problem. And she was coming back for four months in a row with the same problem of sticking her tampon too far up her cunt to be able to pull it out. So eventually Dr. Nick realized that when he was... Because he'd never looked her in the face. Because you don't look her in the face when you're pulling shit out of a right. tampon. This time, he, he, had, he had an inkling. She so he's like, he's sticking tongs up her pussy. And because this girl's a fucking animal, a fucking beached whale, no one's ever going to touch her vag. Right. She, it, clit's probably never been touched since she was born. So that felt good right? to her. So for her, he's, he's going inside. She's like, oh, oh yeah. Like that. Right? Oh, my God. And so he realized, he's, he's realized that she's been coming tampons in. up her pussy so that he'll go get them. So who'd go fucking fish in there wow. and, and get the tampons See, out? for a girl like yeah. that, there should be a place where you can go where guys would just finger you. I'm f- all for that. You know, when I talk about being for prostitution, I'm, I'm all for, I'm for dudes doing it too. I'm for I dudes never, eating girls' pussies I and ne- fingering them. This is what gets me though, bro. I never understood what the big deal is about getting a handjob. You know, you get on well, massage sometimes. Though, it's but, way more of a big deal for a girl. What I'm saying for girls is that would be a sweet spot for them, like a store where they could just yeah, go sit and get there, fingered. And there's and like a hole in the wall lurked. and our hands yeah. can just go through and just that like way, the clips. You don't have to go out with some dude just because you need sex. You can just fucking, you know, you can be all right. When exactly. You can get it when you really want it. Get into a relationship that nice, you really appreciate. clean, sterilized hand. Yeah. A little bit of clitoral yeah. stimulation during your lunch break. Only takes 10 minutes. Some, Listerine kills all the germs every time. <laughs> You're done. Back to a high-powered <laughs> afternoon in the office. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let that guy eat your box and just finger bang you. <laughs> you feel so much better. <laughs> so we all know what if Joe Rogan's doing when like he retires that, from UFC commentary. No, no. Setting up the world's first chain of self-fingering salons. We need more progress in this world before the world's ready to accept my ideas, sir. True. Or else, you know what I'm saying? Finger bang stations. the hole in the wall where guys can just go and stick their junk in a fucking glory hole and get tossed off by some chick on the other side of the hole. Yeah, what I suggested was... You there would, would be you so would much be less like, frustration. It would be like a, a pu- like one of those things where you do confession. What are those? Yeah, pews? like those... those uh, what are those called? The p- professional? Is that what it's called? Anyway, oh, they go inside you know, the professional. They, they kneel on a pew. Okay. Yeah. So you're in this little phone book type phone booth type situation yeah. and you have a, a monitor in front of you you can watch some porn yep and uh she just sticks her hand through a hole in the wall or even better you can even watch <laughs> the monitor of the girl on the other side mm-hmm. jerking you off yeah but what if she's gross like she doesn't even have to be good looking this way oh, yeah, that's true all she has to do is just be good at jerking dudes off so we got this that way you don't even have to see her franchise yeah. coming the yeah, rogan and just, Chevello, just house of hand jobs. watch watch house porn. of hand jobs <laughs> you don't even get to see what's happening below your waist yeah you know? that's she's it. a trained professional after 10 minutes yeah. you're right the tension's gone the stress yeah. is gone and you're just ready for ready for the day we can't handle that shit here in america yeah we're a bunch of pussies 
we don't we don't want it. We don't want it. We want we want people to be repressed. We want people to just be non-sexual, and we want people to be a, a, a slave to whatever relationship they're in. Dude, Americans are super paranoid, man. Yeah. If I was wa- if I was living here and watching yeah. your news every night, I would fucking be scared to you look out my are window. In the United States of America, you are right now in the balls of the dick that's fucking the world. Mm-hmm. All right, this mm-hmm. is a crazy ass place to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is fucked, man. It's fucked. It, it's seriously, everyone is man. paranoid. There's too news many people here. There's analyzes fast stuff far too much. It, it's oh, yeah. it's crazy, man. I can't watch the US. Do you watch Fox News? That's the worst. Oh, it's from Brian Ozzy, ripping Murdoch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? it's the irony. Yeah, it's fucked oh, up. Nah. It's, I watch Fox News and just go, what the fuck are you talking about? It is too much. Everyone is, I mean, it's, and you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy too. Like they, they, they literally manifest their own war against the liberals and well, didn't war. It, didn't, wasn't it Fox News that was that whole thing about uh, when Bush was voted in for the first time? What and Fox News did something about the voting polls. You know, when Bush beat Gore... And Gore was actually the uh-huh. guy that won it, but Bush right. got in and Fox News had something to do with the way that they told voters that Bush had already won, but some votes somewhere hadn't been done or counted. I right. don't fucking know how it works here in America, but... Nobody knows how it works. Know, David Eke wrote something about it, man. Okay. David Eke wrote something about it in one of his books. You know what I love? I love when one when a politician gets busted for something sexual, anything deviant, anything yeah. sexual. Fox always makes them a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's a long running joke. It's a long running joke. But if there's some guy he gets caught, you know, fucking his babysitter or something like that, it's a bam D, D Repu- Vermont. You know, it's oh they always even if the guy's a Republican, they always write him down as a Democrat. If you're a politician, the, 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 the sexual stuff you get caught for should just be the most dirtiest fucking disgusting depraved shit ever well, I mean if you're gonna is, go down right? as a politician go down fucking in flames man with some depraved shit do you remember that DC madam do you know that story there's a DC madam who was running some chain in Washington DC and uh, she you know had all these high powered senators and congressmen all these people on her on her on her list of you know Johns and she was gonna release it Ooh. And uh, there was some fucking crazy attention. She she gave you know press conferences and the whole deal, and then she committed suicide. <laughs> oh, just conveniently yeah. committed just suicide. Conveniently committed suicide, mm. and no one said a fucking <laughs> thing. No one said a thing. No one was like, "Wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute." You're telling me that this woman right now getting more attention than ever, possibly set to make a million dollars. She's deciding to hang herself. Really. Oh, she hung herself? Because I could Something just picture crazy. like I don't know. every politician in her book, like 40 of them just cock-slapping her at once. We could Google what, what yeah. they did to her or what, what she supposedly did. Definitely got cock They killed her ass, dude. Yeah. They killed her ass. My favorite one was there was a story about one of the uh, Enron whistleblowers who committed suicide by shooting himself in the head twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I'm not kidding. He shot himself in the head twice. I wish I could remember the, club style the, the full first details time, right. of the story, but the, that's what the coroner's oh, report was that he shit. shot himself, which I guess is possible. You could <laughs> shoot yourself in the head and have fucked up, and you're still alive, but you're you're jacked. Fight club style, but and you know that you have is that the, they did in Fight Club? Yeah, remember Ed Norton's character like end? blew off half his face. Oh, that's right. And, and yeah, I got bored with that movie once I found out he was two different guys. Yeah, it was like eh. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, this I don't want to see Meatloaf. So like, you're just Faking it now, yeah. So this guy wasn't even real. Wait, wait a minute. What the fuck did I watch then, dude? Would you rather watch that or Piranha? Piranha was pretty. Piranha was when the fish (laughs) spat the spat the cock out of its mouth. Dude, Piranha was dumb as fuck. But if you're in the mood for a dumb as fuck movie, it's perfect. When the chick got her face ripped off and the motor propeller and her hair was caught, that was nasty. 
Fuck, man. It was totally ridiculous, though. Oh, it was I mean, it was the most insane. ridiculous movie ever. Insane. Fucking insane. I liked uh, Jerry O'Connell's uh, Girls Gone Wild. Oh, guy. awesome, right? That was pretty cool. Yeah, fucking <laughs> awesome. That's like, I mean, if there's anybody you can root for getting their dick eaten. <laughs> it's Jerry O'Connell. I still like him from Stand By Me, man. No, not him. You know, I'm saying a Girls Gone Wild guy. Oh, Girls Gone Wild? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he played the character Dude, perfectly. I was watching um, HDNet the other night. And uh, uh, they got some dirty shit on HDNet, man. They do. And they I didn't see girls it till... gone wild thing. Yeah, and I was watching that girls gone wild guy, like hanging out with those girls. I'm like, that would be the saddest <laughs> thing ever if that was your daughter. If your daughter was hanging around with that dude, you're like, oh shit, are you you watching this? You see what's man. going on? This guy, really? Can you imagine a dad and watching it? Yeah, uh, yeah. But he's even creepier to me than Hefner. There's something super creepy about that. Dude. See, I've been met Hefner. I would love to go to the Playboy Mansion, though, man. I've, I've been there. That it's out. not that big a deal. It's just a house in the hills. It's it's like it's kind of like dated, you know. I mean, I guess it's like retro, but the grotto has like this old circuit box, this old phone. I mean, it's a dope house. It's a beautiful piece of land. And yeah. Everything. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. I'm just saying when you get there, you're like, oh, well, this is just kind of a cool house in the hills. It's just one of those things where everybody likes to put parties there, and so that's what they kind of sell it as. They now. have those Strike fight Force. nights there too, right? Strike Force has done it. I've, I've been to. I they had one a few two. weeks ago that was kickboxing really? and boxing. Yeah, because Andrew really? Simon from HDNet went to the. Well, the in party. that way, it's kind of a cool yeah. place to go. You know, to go see something there. Yeah, it's kind of a cool. But I've been to parties there before. They get. I guess they get crazy. That's what. You know, Dude, tomorrow just... I go to New York for the first time. Yeah, I've never been to New York. All the times I've been here to the US, I've never been to New York. So tomorrow we go to New York. It's the Death for Star. Five nights, man. When you drive up the West Side Highway and, and and you just see the enormity of the city as it starts to rise in front of you, Insane, you'll yeah. play Star Wars music while you're doing <laughs> it for real. Really? Ask ask if you could drive in on the West Side Highway if that's possible. And ask, you know, if you could play the Star Wars music. Awesome. And just dun 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 dun. The first time I drove there from Boston, I couldn't fucking believe how big it was. Crazy. The first time I was in the city, I was well. I went twice. I went once for a karate tournament in Madison Square Garden back in like 1982 or something like that. You fought in it? Yeah. So you can say you fought at the Garden. Yeah. There was like a karate tournament there. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was, I think it might have been, I don't know if it was, there's like two parts of the garden. There's a smaller part and a bigger part. I don't know, you know, how much they, how much space they had. I was young. I barely remember it. But when I came back to do as a stand-up, I was, you know, you know, much more aware of what was going on. And when I drove up, I drove up the West Side Highway and saw it for the first time. I remember going, God <laughs> damn, how fucking big is this? Like, why did they keep building here? Have you like, been to Tokyo? No. You haven't been yet. No, You're going to come with me to K1. And okay. when you see Tokyo, to. it is fucking insane. It's like Same that. Sort of Tokyo thing. can drive for 40 minutes or an hour and it's still built up skyscrapers. They really? never fucking end. You look out your window and all the way to the fucking horizon, all you see is concrete. It is wow. fucking... It, the Tokyo is insane. Is, that, is it bigger than New York? I think it's bigger land-wise. Really? There's more people. Well, there's 30 million people in Tokyo. God! Damn. 30 million of the fuckers oh in Tokyo, man. God. And still nobody jaywalks. Can you imagine? You've got Shibuya crossing, the busiest crossing in the world, and fucking thousands upon thousands of people. But in Japan, no one jaywalks. I've been walking to Why breakfast at 4 o'clock in the morning when I'm jet lagged. 4, 4.30 in the morning, there's not a car in sight for fucking miles. And I'll be standing next to a businessman, and he still will not jaywalk. Wow. Even at four thirty in the morning, we'll wait for the little man to turn green. Why is that? 
they're fucking weird like zombies over there. Everything is regimented. On the streets, no one screams. No one swears. No one beeps their horns. There's no graffiti. Everyone smiles to each other. Everyone is courteous to each other. It is like a fucking mind-boggling, overly polite utopia if you're into that sort of thing. If you could speak English, it'd be it'd be amazing if they spoke English. It is insane. The really? culture is insane. At the fight shows, you've seen the fights, you hear yeah, a super pin polite. drop. Yeah. You can hear a pin 60, drop. 60,000 people. 45,000 at Dynamite last year. We used to do 80,000 for K1. 86,000 were in Osaka. And still they appreciate moves and you get golf clap. Wow. You know, you get a fucking golf clap. It's, it's an amazing culture, man. The, the Tokyo experience, I want you to come with me one day and you'll fucking love Well, it. I would love to, to go see K1. I've always yeah. wanted to see uh, K1 Grand Prix live. Shit's I've always awesome, wanted to see that. Man. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm a big fan of it. And that's one of the reasons why I love uh, HDNet fights. You know, it's like, fuck. You know, finally, you know, Mayhem and I were talking about it when we did uh, Inside MMA. I saw that you know, with the cube. Man, how good yeah. was Mark Cuban on that? Uh, it was great. Fuck. We were talking about how it used to be if you wanted to watch K1, you had to get these fucking grainy VHS tapes or get some shit off the internet. But now you can watch it in high def, you know? It's fucking Dude, that's awesome. It's scary watching some of that. I, I, people don't know how exciting that is who, who oh don't man. know K1. You have no idea like, how You know, because most of what people like in the UFC is striking. That's yeah. what the average person likes striking. Like, like people boo when shit goes to the ground. It happens all the time. For those people that are just like, they just want to watch some violence, what the fuck is more violent than K1? And what, who the fuck yeah. is more Violent than Alistair Overy, man. Yeah. That's fucking damn. scary. Yeah, somebody in uh, cracked crack.com wrote that he looks like he was genetically engineered to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was crack.com. I hope I'm crediting the right people. Oh but man. That's, that's that exactly what he looks like. Dude is fucking freaking. Which yeah. leads me to the question now, because when Big we spoke last time on the voice versus, mm -hmm. the whole rage then was Fatal versus Brock, and we spoke a lot about Fatal yeah. versus Brock. Yeah. And you know, after Fatal losing a Verdum, that fight's lost its luster completely. Yeah. So now everyone is like Overeem versus Brock. Yeah. Dude, what uh, do you well, think, over man? I want to see Overeem versus Fedor too. I want to see that. that. Alistair too. wants that fight badly. Yeah. Like he is all over. We did the voice versus Alistair Overeem. We shot it in Korea. And um, man, he he really wants to fight Fedor. You know what? Here's the thing with Alistair Overeem. You got to fucking take him down. There's all that talk of standing. There's all out the window now. It used to be the guys could stand without uh, Alistar. Like Chuck stood with him for a yep. bit. Chuck actually shot in for a takedown with him. You know, the problem with Alistar was always that he was trying to make 205. Yep. That was always the problem. Yep. And he wasn't dedicated like he is now. But once that motherfucker went up to heavyweight and started getting dedicated, he's, he's scary as fuck. But the thing is, like last weekend, he knocked out Ben Edwards. Now, Ben's an Aussie, and I've been commentating him for like six, seven Overmatched. years. Tough fucker, though, right? Yeah. Tough fucker. Very tough guy. Alistair dropped him three times, but three clean shots. And yeah. the thing is that usually Alistair would get away with a lot because of his strength and his size alone. But now his technique is yeah. just superb, man. Yeah. And, you know, he was training in Thailand for like three weeks at the Golden Glory Gym in Thailand doing proper Muay Thai training. They've got the Thai trainers there helping them out. Mm. And you can tell that he's just lifted his game to yeah. another fucking level. Dude, he's he's spooky right now. He's oh, yeah. spooky. His stand up oh. is spooky. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that he goes back and forth though. I love the fact that he goes into MMA and to respect back him, man. and forth. Probably yeah. the only guy doing it at that high level. No one else. You know? Of course, at that he's high the highest level, level for yeah. sure. Not even no no question. No. There's no one even that compares. To the level of K1 that he's achieved and the level of MMA. I mean, because we've always had guys who say, like, oh, he's a really, he's a really good striker. And, you know, they are for, for MMA. Yep. 
But Alistar is a really good striker for K1. Exactly. But who can adjust to MMA yeah. striking, yeah. which is very impressive, yeah. man, because, you know, the distancing, the footwork is all completely different mm-hmm. from MMA striking sure. to K1 striking. So yeah. to swing between them at the two highest levels is, is, is an insane achievement. Dude, when he put it to Brett Rogers, I was like, God He threw damn. him, man. He fucking threw him. It that was, was It was that, but it was before he threw him, he yeah. was fucking him up yeah. on his feet. Yeah. He hit Brett Rogers with, the, he ducked under a right hand and hit him with a leg kick and then and then popped out of the way. And you could see the look on Roger's face. He was like, there was a... a Roger was like, what the was a, fuck a jolt. am I doing here? It was a jolt. It yeah. was like, oh shit. Like, you know, nobody ever kicked him like that before. Dude, to me, it was just like, you know what? I'll just bend over and he can fuck me in the ass because it's going to be less painful than the beating you're about to that put on me. motherfucker just dude, digs fuck. that shin into that meat. Bob, boom! Boom. And there was that, yeah. that look on Roger's face. Yeah. It's like, for a second, you saw this flash like... God damn, he just got hit by lightning. Fuck. Alistair's a yeah. freak, man. I, I, hope he, I hope he cleans up on the K1. That's a big break. problem to me that there's all these organizations. If there was just the UFC, we Alistair would know who is the best. Right? But, but Alistair would not have got, gotten to become Alistair if it wasn't for fighting yeah. all these other organizations. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, there's not enough fights for, in the UFC. There's not enough, you know, there's not enough shows. There's, there's only so many shows. Like, we need other organizations. But I just wish they could fucking just figure out a way to work it out where they get to fight each just other. Just all come together as friends for one night. For one night. One night, man. The problem massive, is... And then maybe not, you and I could commentate together finally for once. It would have one to be... One night. The problem is the UFC is such a much yeah. bigger name and they're worth so much more money and and it would lend respectability to Strikeforce yeah. which would like build up the enemy. Like yeah. you, can't, you couldn't really do it, unfortunately, business-wise. But fuck! <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to tell you something, fantasize. man. Brock, bro, you know, Brock is like the perfect guy to like sell as like a heavyweight champion. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. You know, the fucking skull But you know what worried me, man? For head. Brock, you think Brock fighting Alistair and the way that he turned on those punches from Carwin. Yeah. Oh my God. What if, yeah. If that was Alistair. And how about those knees? Oh. No one's got knees like Alistair. Dude. Alistair knees you into fucking Pluto. The one he fucked Fujita with on New oh. Year's Eve. Put Fujita into a mini coma. Yeah, he was a out mini, for how long? He was fucking out for 10 minutes at least. Then they took him to the hospital and he went into mini coma at hospital he was fucked and Alistair said to me because I said to him I go dude do you ever feel any remorse for just fucking smashing people's faces and brains in with those knees and he goes yeah he goes Vegeta he goes I actually felt really bad after I did it Wow. I'm like, what about Teixeira, man? You almost killed that fucker yeah. in the Grand Prix I thought yeah. Teixeira was dead he's like yeah Teixeira was harsh he goes but Fujita he actually was troubled by it he felt really sorry well I think it was because Fujita had already been knocked out and been stopped a few times. And he was, and he was old. He's a legend. His, his and Alistair respected the, the hell out anymore. of him. And, man, his, that was His just... body clearly didn't look the same anymore. He Dude. didn't look like an athlete anymore. That was just fucking violent. Yeah. And you remember when he fought James Thompson in Dream? Yeah. He does a standing guillotine. Yep. And you just see the muscles. And, just like, yeah. and he walks him yeah. back. Well, he's, he's fucking well, tapped Vitor, guillotine. man. He tapped Vitor. Fucking awesome. Who else has tapped Vitor yeah. with a guillotine? You yeah. know? Fucking he, Alistar's awesome. nasty, bro. He's nasty. He's fucking animal. He's nasty. You know what? Brock Lesnar versus Alistar would be a dream match, but Brock's got to get past Cain Velasquez. Dude, that is ripe for... I don't. I wouldn't call it an upset. Dude, when I, I, I was Velasquez, about to say it's ripe for an upset, but I don't call it an upset, upset if Cain beats Brock. Yeah, I don't think Because Cain has all the weapons to be able to yeah. beat Brock, man. Cain might be the motherfucker. Yeah. He might be the motherfucker. Yeah. You know, I think Brock is a, is a handful for any man on the planet. He proved in that last fight that he's got, like, a serious ability to overcome adversity and, and, and still, you know, like, gut it out and, and make it through. He didn't tap. He didn't freak out. You know, he covered himself up. He protected himself. And he was getting bombed on by, yeah. you know, other than him, 
the biggest, strongest fucking guy in the division. You know, who's definitely the best puncher in the division. And no one punches as hard as Carwin. Carwin, yeah. he's got wrecking balls. You know, he just drops bumps. So he got through all that, made it through that first round, and then came out and won it immediately yeah. into the second. So he's he's overcome adversity. He believes in himself. He's a winner. That's all well and good, though. Cain Velasquez is a fucking storm that, you know, here's something that Bob Cook said. They were, uh, they were talking about one of the fights that Cain had just fucking, I think it was Rothwell, just ran him over, you know, and uh, he said, uh, well, you know, the thing with fighting Cain is you always think that uh, you're just going to ride out the storm. And he goes, but the storm doesn't end. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, that, that is yeah. what that uh, guy does when yeah. the storm doesn't end. It just punches and kicks and punches Man. and kicks and fucking takedowns and yeah. punches and kicks and punches and kicks. And you're like, where is this motherfucker getting all this cardio and from? And he does it all with power, man. Yeah. That's the scary yeah. thing. It's all yeah. fucking with power. And he doesn't fade, man. Yeah. He doesn't fade. He comes out strong in the third. Yeah. When he molested Czech Congo, and oh. that's what that match was. That was oh, a yeah. three-round molestation. Oh, yeah. I mean, he took bombs, bombs, big shots on the jaw, knees buckle, yep. almost goes down, and then three seconds later, he's executed the takedown, <laughs> he's inside control, and he's smashing him. You know, I mean, that was just like, that was overwhelming, man. It was overwhelming what he did to that guy. He's man, a that, motherfucker, I, dude. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see Tito come back. You know, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but man, Brock... Brock and, and Kane is going to be nuts. Uh, sorry, Brock and Kane, and then man, I want to see Alistair versus Brock one day. Of course, you know, Alistair gets. I want to see Alistair. I mean, I would like to see Alistair clean out Strikeforce too. I would like. I think if Alistair can beat Verdum, that would be a huge rematch. I don't think there's anyone in Strikeforce honestly that will touch him. Well, we'll yeah, see, I, man. I, Verdum gets him on the ground. I bet Verdum has a say in that. I bet he would try to tap Alistair. I bet he thinks he can. He did. You know, he's he's capable of doing it. Didn't he do it before? Didn't he tap Alistair? He did, but like what? Pride two thousand and seven or right. two thousand and five. He's a different, different Alistair, man. That's Completely true. But guess Alistair. what? D different Verdum too. Yeah. Verdum just getting off of that uh, victory over Fedor. He yeah. thinks he can tap anybody. Yeah. He'll jump and fucking guard you. Guard He'll fly and guard on you Man. just to try to lock you up in his legs. You know, I was there that night in, in, at Strike Force when Fatal tapped. That was surreal Woo. shit, dude. Watching that ringside, that was surreal. I bet. Like, it was I would have liked to have seen that one It live. was sad. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Why sad? No big deal. It just got caught. I think it's happy. It's happy that Verdum pulled it off. And Verdum's a oh, bad motherfucker. Rap for Verdum, man, and he's awesome, but it was sad to actually be present at the one night where Fedor actually loses. Nah, that's as, not sad. As opposed to never have been present in any of his other fights. Yeah, nah, it's not sad, though. You were there. It's no big deal. You can appreciate all the other ones, too. Yeah. You know I mean? He's a special athlete. He's a very, very interesting guy, too. A, lot, a very fascinating yeah. personality, but... He, the, the bottom line is the only way to get through a guard like Verdum's is you got to train with a guy like Verdum. Yeah. And if he was training with guys like Verdum, we would hear about it. We would hear, oh, you know, um, he just went down and he's, uh, you know, spending three weeks uh, with Minotaro. Minotaro's going to work on his guard. Yeah. You know, you don't hear about all that shit. So he's basically working with these guys that are pretty good. They're decent. And he's, you know, got so much confidence because he's undefeated in 10 years. And he thinks he can just fall into Verdum's yeah. guard and he'll be just punch him in the face. You it, can't do that with Verdum. Yeah, it was a cardinal mistake, man. And Verdum I, I just has fight that's on another yeah. level. Yeah. You don't appreciate. I've rolled with guys like Verdun before, and not, not, not that level, but like Jean Jacques Machado. He's yeah, another. Yeah. He's yeah. that level as far as like international. And they just run through you. Yeah. I mean, just, just slap shit on you. And if you haven't felt that level, if you're not in there all the time training with that, you know, you, you can get overconfident. Like, yeah. I bet anybody that Fedor puts in his guard or they get in, you know, when Fedor gets in someone's guard in his camp, yeah. I bet he just runs through him. Yeah. I bet he just postures up, breaks through. Nobody probably taps him with triangles. Nah, but no, Verdun, he's Slaps that shit on like like a f 
fucking octopus from hell. Just, <laughs> whoosh, just like, bitch, you ain't going nowhere. Just fucking just adjusts and attacks and adjusts yeah. and attacks. And every time Fedor defends, he gets deeper in the hole. Yeah. And Fedor held on for as yeah. long as he could, man. But when he, he tapped, get his it was arm like, broken. oh, my God, he's fucking tapping. Yeah, he was going to get his amazing, arm broken. His, his, his arm was about to go. Fedor's, you know, he's a bad motherfucker, yeah. but he just made a mistake. Yeah. He need, it, it, everybody needs to work with the best guys. It used to be that everybody was, you know, you could be able to have like this little camp and it was just you and a couple other guys that you train with. But I don't think you can rock it like that anymore. Yeah. I think the level's just gotten too high. Yeah, everyone's got to train with the best guys. Well, this is the reason why Golden Glory in Holland have so much success in K1 and also mixed martial arts because the best guys are there. Not only and they'll fight each other, and they'll fight each other, and like Sammy Shelton and Alistair, they're going to fight each other. They're going to fight each other, and they'll go for broke. Errol Zimmerman yeah. fought Sammy Shelton earlier this year, yeah. and he went for went for broke on yeah. Sammy. You know, and they're both yeah. from the same gym, and when they spar together over in Holland, their sparring sessions are as hard as K1 fights. They have like this day they call Meet Wednesday. And everyone on Wednesday just goes in the gym and just beats the fuck out of each other like a K1-style fight. And these guys are best mates. So Saki will beat on Zimmerman. The two best mates will beat the fuck out of Is each that other. Is smart? You know? That's how they train in Holland. But that's not only a golden glory. That's at every Dutch gym. It's always been the Dutch style. The ties go hard. are completely opposite. The right? ties will go light in sparring. The ties will go light in sparring. Heavy on pad work. Ties are always ferocious on fucking pads and on bags, but in sparring, the ties spar light. The Dutch go light on the bags and the pads, <laughs> but they fucking cane each other in sparring. That's such a you Dutch know? way of approaching things. It's just amazing. And then you got guys like, you know, one of the sparring partners is Ramon Deckers, man. Right. I mean, Ramon Deckers, maybe the greatest Muay Thai fighter ever. Yeah. And he's Golden Glory, one of the head trainers, him and Core Hemmers. And it just, it's an amazing yeah, team. Deckers is know? a bad motherfucker. Dude, when it was Deckers and Rob Carmen, remember I, those I days? I trained with Rob Carmen. I, I trained oh, with Rob Rob's a bunch a of times. Rob's a fucking legend, he's man. His elbows were phenomenal, yeah. man. Yeah, everything about him, his leg kicks, everything. And he's a super cool guy. Rob came as like the nicest, friendliest guy. Man. One of my mates trains or used to train with him, Costas Mandalore, the actor. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah, Co- I know who that guy is. Yeah, I'm going to meet Cozzy in New York. He's over there promoting Saw, the new Saw film that he's got, okay. Saw 3D. So we can catch up. And man, he's been friends with Rob for years. And uh, he's like, dude's fucking badass to train with. Such a you know? great guy, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of Holland people are nutty, man. Holland's a pl- crazy place, huh? Dude, the Holland Red Light is, District. And- the Red Light District. We were, <laughs> Last time I was there was 2007. And you can just get weed in the coffee shop. And I've never been. Anyway, so, we went. Any, Peter Ertz took us out for the nine. Peter likes to party, right? right. Took Ray and, and if myself. You don't know who Peter Ertz is he's a multiple time K one, three time K one world champion. Yeah. Bad Peter, motherfucker. Bad motherfucker. Still in there slinging. Forty dick. years old and still qualifies for the Grand Prix. Look fucking good, fucking man. Incredible, man. His, his body was yoked. It looked like he's obviously been training like Dude, a motherfucker. Just insane. But what you keeps know what? that guy going, man? One of the nicest human beings yeah. I've ever fucking met. Super nice. Like greets me with a hug all the time. Yeah. He's always laughing. Yeah. Just, you know, he took us out in 2007. It was me, Ray Cepho, and a few of Peter's mates went to the Red Light District. Dude, all the stories you've heard about the Red Light District, they're true. Well, Peter Ertz is sm- smoking insane. weed all day. Peter Ertz had a fucking case of joints in his pocket <laughs> that he would rip out. And his best mate opened the third ever coffee house in Amsterdam in like 1967. So he was like a pioneer of weed in Amsterdam, right? <laughs> Don't you think people would be surprised if they found out how many high-level fighters and MMA guys smoke weed? Ridiculous. It's a big you, number, You go to man. the show there in Amsterdam at Amsterdam Arena, and midway through when they have intermission, you go outside to the smoke section, and it is just fucking weed central. <laughs> like, you're moving through the mist of all this yeah. marijuana smoke. It is insane. I've, I've smoked weed with a lot of UFC champions. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe it. I fucking believe it. A lot of the K1 guys, a lot of the yeah. MMA guys I know. A lot that, of bad motherfuckers it, you know? like that weed. A lot of fucking Nick Diaz is not the only one. Yeah, but, Nick Diaz had the man. greatest quote of all time. Nick Diaz is fighting tonight. We're going to yeah. see it in half an hour. Uh, Nick Diaz had the greatest quote of all time. He said, I don't think pot is getting in the way of my MMA career. I think MMA is getting in the way of my pot smoking. <laughs> I love it, man. That's a fucking great, great quote. I think oh, fighting's getting the, in the way of my weed smoking. <laughs> when you see that video that Diaz put on YouTube after the voice versus Mayhem Miller, yes. and he's driving, yes. and he does that video, it's like, and he puts the camera down dude, and does this. Yeah, right? I'm like, how much fucking pot do you actually fucking smoke, I love man? That, dude. that was crazy. I'm a Nick funny. Diaz fan to the bone. Oh, man. Him and his uh, brother. I love those dudes. Unbelievable, man. Funny. Those dudes are entertaining. Those are, they're dude, wild I'd, like to the, I'd like to go to Amsterdam with those two in the Fuck red light district. Yeah. Right? Are you kidding me? They would be running through God damn. all the cafes, through all the fucking yeah. hookers in the windows. Dude, oh, dude, ridiculous. man. Ridiculous. Inside. You can order anything we, over there. We man. might be the first people to die from weed. If you <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Maybe the first. We might fuck up the whole cause. Dude, the weed is a menu. It's like you go to a restaurant here, you get a giant menu. There, it's a menu of weed. You've got like, I'd say about 30 variations to choose well, from. Well, we have that here. It's crazy. You know, we have that in these medical places. I'll take you to one. I'll take you to one when we're leaving here. Hell yeah. Yeah, you got to go. You got to cool. see this because it's the craziest thing ever. You go. Can I get and- a cap like Johnny Drama did in Entourage? Yeah, <laughs> Truck his hat. I'm yeah. sure you can, son. Shit. Yeah. They got lollipops, soda. Really? Yeah, all kinds of candies, cookies, Fuck. cakes, brownies. Do you need Holland? Yeah, mushrooms. And they're just uh, a big chalkboard. You can buy it all, man. A big chalkboard, like one of those dry erase boards That's filled amazing. with like different strains. And this is how much it is an ounce, this much it is an eighth. Amazing. Dude, they man. have 50, 60 varieties. Crazy. Yeah, everywhere, all the time. Like sativas, very difficult to grow. They're, it's like it's it's harder to grow than indicas. Sativas? Like the, sativa. Sativa is okay. like space weed. Yeah. You know, the, the, well, you go to the, the place near my house, 10 different varieties. Oh, really? That's insane. Fuck. 10 different varieties of sativa. That's crazy. It's hard. Sativa, and when you're living in the East Coast where it's illegal, hard as fuck to get a good sativa. You've got to know somebody who's a grower that's willing to take a chance to make a superior weed. It's fuck. like it's, it takes more time, and so it costs more money, and the yield is smaller. Dude, when I was in Amsterdam, I smoked a, a vaporized bong, mm. and it fucked me because Peter mm. goes, Hey, Mikey, try this, try this. It's a bong, and I hate smoking, but I don't smoke much anyway, and I've smoked bongs a couple of times, but to me, they feel dirty, right? Right. So he put this thing to my mouth, and I'm like, Peter, I can't see anything here. No effect, nothing. He goes, no, 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 this, do it again. It's like, Peter, I can't fucking, I don't think it's lit, nothing. But... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? Because it comes He's... out, it's mist. Right, you yeah. couldn't see it, it's well, invisible. What, for people who don't know, what a vaporizer does is it heats the THC to a point where it doesn't burn the plant material, but it burns off the THC and makes a vapor out of it. Invisible. You You cannot see it. Well, you can sort of see it. I didn't know I was breathing, exhaling any smoke, nothing. You sort of see it, but it looks like not much. It doesn't look... You get used to, like, you smoke a joint, you take a deep breath, you blow it out, there's a big cloud in front of you. This is not a big cloud. I was expecting big cloud. I was like, fucking, I wanted Hiroshima cloud. It's a purer sensation, too. Dude, it was crazy, man. It was like... Crazy. There's something in the burning of the plant, too. I wonder if that has a psychoactive effect. Like, I wonder if there's a psychoactive effect from the actual burning of the leaves. Like, maybe together, those things, like, there's like, maybe it calms you a bit or something. Because there's, like, hundreds of different uh, Do you think there's a leaf? Do you think there are leaves out there, though? 
and shit out there that no one has thought to smoke that is yet to be discovered as smokable? Do you think like there's like a, like be. mud or dirt out there that someone could maybe roll into a fucking piece of paper and smoke it mud? and no one's like smoked that mud or that fucking <laughs> seashell or that fucking a sea urchin that you can smoke it. There's got to be shit out there that no one has discovered probably a few you can things. smoke yet. For sure, plants. I mean, if you look at the Amazon. Wasn't, wasn't marijuana discovered like we discovered from goats eating it? Really? Like fucking in ancient days, goats were eating it and then goats were, were, were swaying in the paddocks. So the farmers are like, hmm, the goats eat this strange looking weed and they stumble in paddock. We must try that? to eat it. Where the hell did you hear that? Dude, that's what one of my friends was telling. <laughs> it might be another Aussie urban legend, but I heard it was goats discovered weed. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. The goats were high on... I don't fucking know, man. You're telling me there's 10 know, different types of ceviches, whatever it is. Sativas. <laughs> Sativas. Ceviches. <laughs> Ceviche. That's fish. <laughs> That's fish cooked with lime. All I know is when I did that vaporized bong, 20 minutes later, I was in a place called Banana Bar and some fucking dirty hooker was shooting these giant dildos out of her pussy and hitting me in the chest. Oh, and I would keep backing up five paces God. and she was shooting these giant dildos like... Thick fucking things out of her pussy and hitting me, always smack on the chest. Oh my god! And then another one would come over, and she had like a texter, like a, a, a marker. Yeah. She goes, "What's your name?" I go, "Michael." So she had a, a postcard, and she sticks the marker in her pussy, hovers over the postcard, and dude, uh... with perfect penmanship, <laughs> in perfect fucking cursive writing, right? She uh... writes, "To Michael, love banana bar." Oh, my God. On the fucking postcard from her pussy. Perfect penmanship. How does the whole postcard stay in place? I've still got it at home. I don't know. How does it stay in place? Oh, no, no. She with her toes? No, it's a heel. Her heel. Because she squatted over it. So one heel holds the postcard One heel holds the postcard as her pussy does this and writes perfectly to Michael Love Banana Bar. It was a fucking incredible Mm. night, man. I wonder what made them come up with that. I wonder if they're wondering, we we need something new for this business. We are not getting enough people in here. No, but I wonder (laughs) if this is a type of shit the girls do at slumber parties when they're young. Yeah, they're a little bit drunk or maybe a bit stoned. Like, hey, let's stick a fucking pin in our pussy and try and write our names. Maybe. Maybe, Yeah, if you're hanging out with a bunch of freaks, I can (laughs) see that. How do you discover this talent? I wanted to go to that girl and go, how did you know? At what age do you know you can write with your pussy in perfect cursive? If I had a guess, I I would guess that there would... Something, whatever the equation was, involved a dude and money. That's how... A, a pen got up your pussy. Or how do you shoot John? Either Dildo? that, or he you did a favor for him. But yeah. it's a dude. A dude's <laughs> asking you to do that. Or he, you know, he had you bound and gagged, and he left you just, in a hotel room, and all he stuck was a yeah. pussy. A pen in Write your pussy. me a letter with your pussy, <laughs> and then when, when I when I look at it, I know that it's your pussy that wrote that. Come on, right, I can't Dude. even write with my pussy. I've seen some. You could write with shit. your pussy. You gotta just learn. <laughs> then what about the girls on Macau? Have you ever been to Macau? What is Macau? Macau's like a 45-minute uh, boat ride from Hong Kong. It's between China and Hong Kong. Okay. It's a tiny no, casino island. No, not Yeah, it's like the Vegas of Asia. It's a crazy madhouse casino so it island. It's fucking insane. <laughs> but I've seen some dirty-ass sex shows in Macau yeah. where this one chick had the darts, the darts in her pussy, and there were balloons up on the ceiling, and with pinpoint fucking sniper precision, she would lean back, fire a dart, pew, Pop the balloons one after the other Jesus on the ceiling. Christ. Another chick had razor blades, right, strung together, 
and she reaches into her, her, her vag and pulls out this line of razor blades, one after the other. And you're thinking, oh, that's bullshit. They're just made of plastic or something. Then she grabs the razor blades into show, one of the ones that came out of her pussy, gets a piece of paper, slices a piece of paper. Oh. I'm like, that's fucking sick. Yeah, you know, you, I, that's, that's funny that you just brought that up because there was a conversation we had on here last week about uh, the hookers in Vietnam, whether or not they really did put razor blades up their I've pussy. I've seen it. Really? I have seen it well, in a razor the blade. cow. In razor someone, blades yeah. come out of the pussy. So they easily could have yeah. done that to GIs, like stuck a razor blade in there and then the guy fucks them and it cuts their dick in half. Oh, man. One of my mates in Australia fingered a girl in a club once and he... <laughs> He went to finger her and he felt scabs inside her pussy. Oh my god! She had scabs in her oh pussy. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Oh! I was like, he said, "I let me shake my hand." I'm like, dude, I ain't fucking touching that hand. Put a fucking glove on. Oh my god! Scabs in her pussy. What man. are you sticking in your box, honey? Yeah, exactly right. There's some evil shit going on down there. <laughs> Girls say the guy's balls look disgusting and wrinkled and shit, but man, I don't. Some girls sometimes need to get a mirror and stand over it and look down and see how fucked up their vagas look. Because some girls got some fucked up pussies happening, man. Really? The ones that have the big flappy fucking labia like on that. them, I like, like flappy fucking lips, curtains I like, like that. that. You gotta like, I like peer through curtains. them, dude. I like that, man. I've seen ones that fucking hang down like that, man. It's like, what the fuck? The, the trippiest thing ever is when you look at female bodybuilders and you see their, the little dicks that they're growing. The clit because of the roids. Because I used to edit yeah. a, a bodybuilding magazine back in the day. So I used to I- interview a lot of female bodybuilders and their clit comes like that, like a small dick. But they are. I never, I, ne- I never fucked any bodybuilders, but from what I was told, being in the industry is like they are the horniest fucking cunts out there. Well, Female bodybuilders, on testosterone. right? And because all you need to do is touch their big penis clitoris, <laughs> and they basically have an orgasm, like wow. insanely sexually, well, sexually excited when, creatures when all women the time. Get sometimes the doctor, a doctor will put a woman on testosterone for something like they've just got some sort of an ailment. Or... Yeah, or usually they got skin diseases when they're young. Yeah. The girls will go on on uh, on uh, steroids on yeah. you know, testosterone. It's a shame because one of my friends, uh, she's a photographer back home, and when she was young, I've seen photos of her. She was a beautiful, beautiful young girl, but then she started to, ve- to uh, develop skin problems and bad acne that was something hormonal, and she had to go on steroids to get rid of it, and then. Now she's fucking fucked up ugly. Like bad, the poor thing. She's fucked up. She like, looks like a man. Our nickname for her behind her back is Animal. No, she looks like a fucking animal. Whoa. But yeah, she used but to be she beautiful. Was she was hot when she was young. And then unfortunately How young? Uh you know, when she hot. She was fucking eight, nine years old. Dude, what the photo. fuck is wrong hot. With you? She was a cute kid. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, she was a well, cute kid. Well, there are some girls though that start out really animal. pretty and then yeah. something some monkey wrench goes along the way and then the the design of the universe decides to take it back right. and then you're not hot anymore. Right. I've seen that happen. Girls were really pretty when they were like 13 or 14 and then you, you graduate high school and, and you run into them when they're like 22, 23 gee. and you're like, what happened? What's I saw the girl that I used to fantasize over in high school, Lisa, right? And she was like the dude, the girl that everyone wanted to fuck in high school. She was the it girl. She was the like, the one and I recently chatted to a, another friend of mine on, on Facebook that was at the girls school that was sister school to our school back then and I was talking about this Lisa girl I'm like I wonder what Lisa's doing now I wonder if she's still hot she goes oh I saw Lisa recently she's got three kids and I've got a photo of her do you want to see it I'm like oh, yeah bring it on dude she was fucking <laughs> disgusting I'm like no way that's Lisa my friend's like that's what your it girl looks like now do you think that she does the same thing every time she watches K1 
That's nah. Michael Chivello. I'm so glad I didn't fuck him. Because that's Italian. We ate gracefully. Look at that cocksucker. I'm so glad. You know what the thing is, man? I weighed myself this morning. Yeah. Are you happy with the results? I was because I've lost a lot of weight recently. How much have you lost? Um, probably this year I've lost about 11 kilos. What's that? 24 pounds? Yeah, about 24 pounds. And like I haven't been this, had this least weight since like high school. So back really? then I was fucking huge, man. Like a lot bigger than I am now. A lot, lot bigger. That's awesome. Yeah. Kevin James has lost like almost 50 pounds. Dude, I love Kevin James. He's a great guy. You know, Irene had no idea who he was. Really? Before we came here today, we were watching King of Queens was on TV. And she's laughing her ass off. And I go, hey, you know he's really good mates with Joe. She goes, Joe Rogan. I go, yeah, Joe knows him really well. He's like in a movie of his and their you know, management's the same. They're really close mates. And she goes, oh, who is he? I go, it's Kevin James. She, she goes, probably just never saw the sitcom. Just, yeah. But he's been in so many movies too now. I mean, the sitcom was in Australia as well, but she just didn't doesn't, know. No. Sometimes you don't was. know. Sometimes someone will talk to me about some singer. Like, oh my God, Blah 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 is playing here. I'm like, Blah 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 is really good, man. I think Blah 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 is playing in New York next week. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, someone exactly. over, And you'll, you'll be like, what are you talking about? Who is this? And then Dude. you find out they've sold like 50 million albums all over the world. I didn't like, know who okay. Justin Bieber was. Yeah. Everyone's got Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. Name. I'm like, who the fuck is this Justin Bieber? Some poor and then little I heard, fuck. Yeah. And then I heard the song on the radio. I'm like, doing this one in the clothing store wherever I was. And I'm like to Irene, I go, who is this? She goes, this is Justin Bieber. I go, this is that fucking little kid that everyone's talking about. Why am I dancing? Stop. Dude, I'm watching a yeah. video and he gets hit in the head with a bottle. Oh, that's Somebody brilliant. throws a water bottle and hits oh. him in the head and then people think it's funny. And everybody's like passing it back and forth on Facebook. I'm like, listen, you're looking at a little vulnerable 12-year-old kid who probably <laughs> some grown cunt has thrown a water bottle at fucking water bottle. I mean, who's throwing a water bottle at some little boy? He's fucked. He's <laughs> fucked. But for, for you this know what crazy I saw? charge at a young age, his development will be forever but skewed. But bro, I already saw in the bookshop the biography of Justin Bieber. The kid's like 14. How much of a biography can you write? What have you done? Has he even fucking got a head job yet? What if it was all Has true? he even shaved? What if we just start talking about chicks he fucks? He just makes oh. the, the Justin Bieber pussy diary. <laughs> He's like 15, just able to secure a real solid boner for the first time in my life. I think I'm going to go out and use it. Just discovered his first pubic hair yeah. and photographs it and puts it in the center of the book. And the poor kid, he's very small. Yeah. Very small. And very small for like 14. Like, he's going to be a tiny man. Oh, little fucker. You know? But they, they, the girls right now are just like confused. They're like, well, he's up there and he's singing and I think I want to fuck him or something. And dude, <laughs> the scary thing is that... This this scared me the other day. Irene's telling me about her little cousin. Her little cousin, she's twelve years old. And she's in love with Justin Bieber, and so she says to Irene, "Justin Bieber is a friend of mine on Facebook, right?" And Irene's like, oh, "Okay," thinking you know it's a group or whatever that she likes Justin Bieber. She goes, "Oh yeah," and Justin and I talk every other night, and he's a really nice guy. And I'm going to Irene. Do you realize there's some dude? posing as Justin Bieber on Facebook who your 12-year-old niece or cousin has accepted as a friend that he's talking to her and buttering up a 12-year-old every night like fucking stalkers out there pedophile motherfuckers who are disguising themselves as Justin Bieber talking to 12-year-old Aussie girls on Facebook it could just up. it could just be twelve year old boys. Too. Oh god, I thought you were gonna say it could just be Justin Bieber. <laughs> no, dude. Well, it could like, be Justin Bieber. Who knows? He's fucking it could twelve. Be, it could just be twelve year old I, boys. I get on Facebook. I go on Twitter. I do it all yeah. the time. You know, anybody could be doing it. I mean, I know there's a lot of like you know, like Aston Kutcher really does it. He really goes. Who's oh, yeah? Justin Bieber's not out there twittering chicks. But I don't think that he's twittering a twelve year old girl in Melbourne. Maybe he is. Maybe maybe he's trying to set it up. Maybe. He's- <laughs> 
to get his hookup for when he goes for a down under tour. I'll probably be back there in about 24 months. By then, I'll be all blowed up. Baby, find me when you're legal. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have it going on. Baby, come to America. The carnal age is only 15. In Australia, you've got to wait another couple of years. How old do you have to be in Australia to fuck? You can fuck at 16, but you can only fuck someone who is under 18. Oh, You can't be over 18 and fuck a 16-year-old. That's smart. Yeah. That's a good move. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's you're a, not going to stop sixteen year olds from fucking. No, sorry, <laughs> come on, man. But you guys have a more relaxed attitude towards a lot of things over there. Yeah, it's much more relaxed. Um, when you got out of high school, let me ask yeah. you this because this is the big thing in America. Yeah. You know, America. Well, I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, and Newton was, uh, you know, a lot of successful people lived there. You know, a lot of people who were like, uh, you know, doctors and lawyers, and they were very uh, into their kids' academic careers. And like, you know, it's like it was a school where it was like it was a very good school, like really highly rated. And everybody was super ambitious to, you know, to get out there and to go to college and to get things done. When you guys graduated, do you feel like this enormous pressure to like to go make something of your life? And- no, not really. The college system that you have in the states doesn't exist in Australia. What is? How do you guys do it? So we go high school, right? right. And then after high school, we go to university. But we don't have frats. We don't live on campus, and we don't move interstate to go to university. In fact. In America, wherever I go, no one is ever from the state where I meet them. It's like right. you're from Massachusetts or right. Boston. We're, we're originally from Boston, <clears throat> Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay, so you're from Massachusetts. You live in, in California. Right. Everyone is from a different state to where they were born. Right. Whereas in Australia, everyone pretty much remains wherever you're born. Really? You grow up, you're born in Melbourne, you grow up in Melbourne, you work in Melbourne, have a family in Melbourne, went to university in Melbourne, you'll die in Melbourne. No one ever goes to much to universities interstate and moves around. Everyone is pretty much where they're from. And there's not really that that feel of, I've got to go out and conquer the world and become a politician or change the world in any way. It's like, oh, fuck it, I finished high school. I'm going to relax. Well, it's not even so much go out and conquer the world as don't be a fucking loser. Oh, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Go out and you know get a fucking job. Let's go get. No, the get problem successful. is in Australia because our economy is really good at the moment. Yours is, is shit, it? and ours is really good. Our really? dollar is really strong against against the US dollar. Um, Damn. I but the thing the thing in Australia, Australia is the doll is that to easy to get. <laughs> the doll is easy to get, bro. So you can be a bludger and just claim the doll every two. The weeks. doll meaning welfare. Oh, doll meaning welfare. Yeah, yeah, and it's decent. The the dolls. Are, I know people that live solely off the doll. Really? That's it. They How get much paid they the get? doll. How much you get? Maybe a fortnight. Oh, man, you what might. What is a fortnight? What are you? Oh, sorry. Fortnight. Rubble Stillskin? A fortnight. You don't have that what word is that? in America? Shakespeare, motherfucker? A fortnight. A fortnight. fortnight is two Milord. weeks. <laughs> Maybe if I'm, my chick's watching the Tudors and I'm trying to get some pussy. A fortnight. You Milord. might get like 200 and. Might I fuck you in a fortnight? <laughs> might I fuck you in a fortnight? In the ass, darling, yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe 200 bucks every two weeks. 220 bucks every two yeah. weeks. Highly livable. You I can live so. off that. Yeah. I guess if you yeah. had to. And that's for doing nothing. That's nothing. For what we call in Australia a doll bludger. Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of those. A lot of doll bludgers. Does that keep everybody calm? So there's always something, even if you're a fucking loser, you always have something you don't have to rob and steal. And, and Yeah. You know, is crime. there an argument for that? Yeah, for is the... there an argument for the idiots are always going to be idiots, losers are always going to be losers? <laughs> Just if you give them a little bit of money, you know, who cares? This is this way at least they have something. You hope that they're going to invest it back into the economy, but no, nah, it's usually invested, well, Unless you, and you're sure a purchase, drug dealer. yeah, a drug dealer will purchase of alcohol, yeah. you know. But it's far too easy. There's, if, there's too many dog bludgers. Is that a strategy though? That it, you know, like let's let people be fucking losers and just take care of them, and then there'll be less crime. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm asking. I'm I, totally I don't, 
No, I don't think I this. don't think it's a strategy. The doll didn't come in until like 1975 when it was a Labour. But if you government. don't have it, then people are forced to catch up, right? People are forced to pay their own way, and and you know, yeah. Get their and own the, way the, this the world. bad thing is, though, I know a guy who's on the doll, and he will not get off his ass to get a job. He will not even go for job interviews. Right. He claims that he's got some disability or whatever, which he hasn't, and it's like. Dude, my fucking taxes that I work hard for my money and I've got to give money to the government, pay fucking taxes, then go in your pocket to pay you to drink alcohol and I sit agree, at home all day. But I would rather give my tax money to losers and drunks and idiots and people with no ambition whatsoever than to war. I would rather... Oh, look, I don't... You know what I'm saying? I mean, my anyone, money goes to war yeah. and there's nothing I could say I'd about. rather put the fucking losers to work, man. It's like, you know what? You want the doll? <laughs> you're going to fucking go and work in this plant. You're going to work in this factory. You're going to fucking send these mails out. You're going to do shit. You're going to go volunteer in fucking hospitals. That's a great idea. You know, or in canteen or somewhere where they need you and volunteer your time and your services where and do you qualify think for your doll. losers per capita in America or in Australia? Like what? Like the percentage of losers as opposed to regular people. What do you qualify as a loser? Is a homeless person a loser just because oh, they're homeless? They're for, fuck yeah, you lost. Okay. If you're homeless, you lost. I mean, you, you might not. You're not going to be a loser for life. I'm not saying that this is a death sentence. I'm uh, saying America. If, if you're outside, you, you guys have got a lot. Of, it disappoints me for the most pow- powerful country in the world a lot of and the great people. America, dude. It saddens me, man. You well, got a lot of homeless people. There's a people. lot of insane people. You know, one of the reasons why the homeless population rocketed in the 1980s is because Ronald Reagan and his administration they changed the definition of insanity. So there's a lot of people that were in fucking asylums, man. Like, well, you're all right. We were wrong. You're not crazy. Dude, <laughs> just fucking <laughs> Sorry. get out there. Get your freak on. I never understood it, man. And it saddens me now. Mental illness. My you know? only exposure to people being homeless when I was a kid growing up and watching American TV was watching the Brady Bunch and how they used to run away from home when you were a kid. I used to think that's how people ended up homeless, by running away from home. Some people did, man. You know? How many people ran away from home and just became fucked up fucked in Hollywood? Up. This and is the place. Have you driven dude, around downtown? We walked down Hollywood uh, Boulevard? Boulevard the yeah. other night. It's like some fu- Irene's holding my hand really tight. It's, it's like, a lost place, bro. God, that's man. a lost place. When people look at Hollywood Boulevard, this is the center of show business in the world the fuck it is it's a shithole i will give you more fucked up have you been to italy have you been to rome no no never you want to see the most fucked up site in the world brother and this is sad you go to the vatican the most opulent place on the planet you have no idea the money that is fucking dripping off every building in the vatican and the vatican and the catholic church as a institution but immediately before you set foot in the door of the vatican on the street there are the most disgusting, disfigured, nailed up beggars you will ever see. Arms missing, fingers curled around, eyes missing and shit. On the fucking streets outside the Vatican door, it makes me fucking sick. Wow. All right? Because you've got that there. There is the Vatican. You can touch it. There is some nailed up, disfigured gypsy woman who is 80 years old and has to sleep on a sturdy cobblestone Roman street every night while the church is right fucking there. Wow. And they don't offer anything. They don't take them in. They don't feed them. Dude, they don't help them. It was disgusting. That's so strange. You would think that you have to just for show. You couldn't even allow that. Right? Just for show. And you the, gotta, the I mean, main strip walk. There's only one street you go to to go to the Vatican, that main fucking via, that main strip. And they're there. And they're just the most downtrodden, repulsively disgusting beggars you will ever see. And then you're at the doorsteps of the most opulent place in the world. It's 
It does my hitting, man. So strange, nah, man. It does my fucking hitting. It's just so strange that they feel like they could let those people be out front. That would be bad for business, man. You would think so, right? Yeah. Now, apparently Berlusconi, when he came in term... That's I'm not like sure selling that... BMWs and just people park wrecked, fucked right. up BMWs right <laughs> exactly. in front of dealership. Exactly. You know? The thing is that apparently someone told me that since I've been there, Berlusconi has cleaned up all the beggars and the gypsies and moved them. But I want to know even Moving where he's... Where? where do you move yeah. them to? Where do you suddenly relocate people? That was like in in Beijing, the Olympic Games, because I I commentated the Olympics in 08. Did you really? Yeah, did all the boxing at the Olympic Games. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, fucking 272 fights in 10 days I commentated by myself. Are you a big... Just by yourself? By myself, man. Really? Fucking insane. You could talk up a storm, my brother. Word, man. Word. But you know, in Beijing, they relocated 1 million people. 1 million people. 1 million. Were relocated suddenly to build... The IBC, the International Broadcast Center for the Media, and the car park. Whoa. One million people lost their homes That's virtually insane. overnight. It's like they wake up one morning and they go, You're out of here. That's insane. One million. How the fuck did they put More that than off? the entire population of San Francisco That's moved insane. virtually overnight. Dude, you have no idea. After going to the Olympic Games and spending three weeks in Beijing, I came back and I told everyone, if the fucking Chinese ever want to take over the world, they will do it in the space of a fucking month. The way they, the amount of people they have and the organization they have and the manpower and the ability and the technology. And having seen that in Japan as well, that whole region, Korea, Japan, China, they will fucking take over the world easily in a month and we may as well just bend over, take the fucking rice up the ass and go, okay, (laughs) we are your slaves. Because seriously, the Olympic Games was phenomenal. It was incredible. What what is it about them that makes them so dangerous? Why is it their willingness to work hard and sacrifice their their life for their their job? It is their pride, self-pride and national pride. For what they do. Willingness to work extremely hard for very little money and just for self-satisfaction. And add to that the sheer number, the numbers they have, the manpower is extraordinary. Dude, you go to one of those... Yeah, that is kind of Just crazy. on our level that we can relate to, you go to one of those K1 shows in Japan, right. and the amount of people they employ to set up the arena and set up the ring and the, the cameras, it is insane. People that I see set up jobs for Fox Sports back home, that'll take two guys to set up a particular camera, will they'll use 10 guys to set up wow. a camera. And they'll, they'll get it done in like a quarter of the time. And the ring is taken apart, not by, let's say, a group of 15 people like a show in Australia, but you'll get 300 guys. And as soon as the show ends, they come in in helmets and little cars, and that ring is taken down in 10 minutes. Wow. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's like vultures going in and stripping the flesh so off a, off a dead animal. It's because they, they have so many people there that they work harder. Like, what is it? So many people, they work hard, but they work diligently and they work together. It's like, it's like a colony of ants. All the ants are pulling together for the colony. No one ant is just on his own working on his own agenda. It's like we're all pulling together and therefore we form one giant colony of just take over wherever we want. It's fucking amazing. (sighs) It's scary. It's amazing. Well, what they're able to do with getting people to work incredible hours and live in dorms and shit. I mean, that's spooky as fuck. Japanese, if you've ever been inside a Tokyo apartment, this room here would be considered a fucking mansion. Really? You, I once went in um, a room in, in Tokyo, a Tokyo apartment. The bed was in where the kitchen was, was in where the toilet was, or the bathroom. It's one big room. It's like one big room. Well, we so, have that here. We have studios. You know, you can get a studio that's basically, that's it. It's just a, a spot dude, to live. From the end of the bed to the front door was from here to 
where that knee is on you. Wow. That's how much room you had to move. And the stove is there. So you could literally... So it's like the worst hotel room ever. Worst hotel room ever and then shrink it. Like Rick Moranis, honey, I shrunk the hotel room down. You couldn't swing a cat in there. It's crazy. Yeah, I've seen some of the guys' apartments when they show those um, uh, clips for K1 and for Dream and, and they used to do for Pride where they show the guys' apartment yeah. and show tiny, the, man. where and they're you, training. You just, there's, there's no room to do shit. You know, tiny-ass gyms, tiny, too. Tiny, right? Yeah. You see Sakuraba's gym where he trains or Aoki's gym, they're, they're fucking yeah. tiny. And there's so little room over there that no one, you know, not many people have pets. What the and, fuck is it about people where we want to stack everybody on top of yeah. each other like that? What is that? I have no idea. Is that man. good? Is there something good about that? I'm not that? used to it because in Australia... But very... it keeps happening. Yeah. I mean, it happens in America. It happens there. I mean, there's... It's... In Australia, everybody still lives like you do here in a house with a backyard in suburbs. Mm-hmm. And the whole high-rise apartment thing is slowly building in popularity, but still but not, not to the extent like it is here. But not like skyscrapers everywhere no, you look. No, no, Yeah, I'm telling you, that West Side Highway Drive is going to freak you the fuck out. But everyone's stacked. You can't have pets. You know you can go and rent a pet in Tokyo? Just to pet one, just so you, you can feel go and good. rent a cat or a dog for an hour. So you can take it to the park, throw a fucking a little fucking park, throw a little frisbee, feed it, take it for a walk, and then you return it to the shop. What? You rent a dog, you rent a cat for an hour. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What if don't you get attached to the dog? Don't you develop a relationship to the dog? Then you can maybe rent it for two hours. But yeah, wow. you just rent a pet. That's a strange That's world. Weird, man. They, they almost are like an alien race. Yeah, you know, it really is. I mean, the, the writing is so different, so completely unrelated. You know, if you look at like the writing of you know all the European countries, except for you know obviously except for Hungary Russia, or Hungary, Russia, yeah, yeah the Hungary, yeah. a couple of they they all share they it's that use Arabic all, alphabet, yeah. right? That we use, yeah, yeah, they all yeah. share it. And yeah. when you go you go to China and Korea and Japan, it's like whoa, the fuck is that? You guys are aliens. Yeah. This is alien stuff. Yeah. This isn't even related to like this grew completely independent of the European style writing. It's so yeah. different. What a better world the place would be if everyone spoke one fucking language. Would it? Didn't that try- I don't know, man. Dude, we- I think it's cool to watch all the different branches. No, man. I think, I think it's there would cool be far to watch less all the arguing strategies. at war if people could actually reason with each other in one single language. Dude, people would go to war over eye color. People are retards. All you have to get these fucking blue-eyed cocksuckers are trying to take <laughs> our land. Dude, people are dumb. They find they want to be on teams no matter what. They didn't always they, want to find Didn't they try team. and invent one universal language once? Wasn't it something called Esperanza or something like that? Maybe someone can clarify and tweet it to us. Hmm. It was like years ago they tried to invent a language called Esperanza or Esperanza. It was meant to be one global language and it never took off, obviously. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that would take a long ass time. And oh, you'd yeah. have to get it to the tribes and the African forests. It would and take shit. generations because you'd have to school generations, yeah. three or four generations yeah. to get it down pat and you yeah. know, inculcated among the masses. Yeah, most most countries in the world, you know, a good percentage of the people are bilingual. In America, people are, you know, just English or Spanish, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Same with Australia. Everyone's like English. And, I mean, there's, of course, there's immigrants in here that speak all kinds of languages, yeah. but as far as like people learning things, very few Dude, people are bilingual. I didn't know how here. bad the immigration problem here was till I was driving to do a King of the Cage show in New Mexico, and the driver was telling me about it because we we're driving along the, the border there from El Paso to like Mescalero. Right. And he's pointing it out. And Mayhem was in the van with me, you know, and the guy's like, this he is where the Mexicans across. run the border. <laughs> this is where they run the border. I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck then do you call, if you're complaining, why the fuck do you call the state New Mexico? <laughs> Seriously, of course you're going to fucking run if the old Mexico is shit and you want to accept I'm going to New Mexico. 
Call it something well, else. It doesn't matter what Fucking you call it. They know there's I'll cash over here. There's money over here. I, I appreciate ambition, man. I think it's <laughs> kind of fucked up that there's spots in the world that suck and you can't leave them. You know, I think it's kind of fucked up that you can't just travel from one place to another and just go wherever the fuck you want and live where you want. You know, like, we can't let them in. We can't let them in. It's like, really? You, you know sure what's we scary, can't? brother? I got held up in Toronto for five days recently because I had visa problems because something wasn't done properly on my, my work visa. Right. So I got held up in Toronto. And the way they treat you like you're a fucking... Like you're a criminal. Like you fucking got a rag on your head and you're riding a camel with a fucking yeah. bazooka. Yeah. Seriously, because I got a beard, like just... I don't know what it was. You I look felt like, like you could be an Arab. I, fe- I get You look that. like you could be a terrorist. I felt like I was locked in a fucking detention. There was a French I'm, I'm, lady. I'm studying you now. <laughs> there was a French lady sitting there with three kids, and she'd been in that detention in Toronto at the airport for four hours. She was crying. Oh, They'd held her sad. with her kids for four fucking hours, man. That's it was sad, but would have her and her kids are strapped up with dynamite, all right? You ever think about that, fella? <laughs> you don't know. You got to be fucking careful. Their job is tough. <laughs> I like how Canada doesn't let in douchebags. They don't, you know, what do you oh, get? Assault battery? Tight, Fuck man. you. Get out of here. Canada they don't even is let people in. Tight. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, I just think as long as you have aware, if you're aware of someone's record, I think you should be able to go anywhere. If you're not a murderer, you're not a scumbag, you have real papers. If Mexico had real papers, you know, in America, you do a no, you run numbers on people in America. Yeah. Chances are, in 2010, you're going to know exactly what the fuck they've done. Well, we get all boat people in Australia, man. That's our big problem. People sail in boats from East Timor and other places, and they rock up on boats and Australia, and they run off into the fucking jungle. Fuck yeah, because Australia's awesome. It is awesome. You gotta appreciate that. I mean, it's like, why shouldn't they be able to do that? They're people. I feel like if you if, hey, if you have the the means and the willpower to get somewhere that's better than where you're at, we should all allow that, you know? What kind of fucking hippie commie socialism <laughs> talk nonsense is this, boy? This is America, <laughs> land of the free, home of the brave. And I'm here with Australia, my man, Michael Chavello. Ladies and gentlemen, Strike Force is about to start in about 30 seconds. So we're going to wrap this up. The meeting of the minds. Yes. We will do this again, my friend, when you're in town again. Brother, for sure. I'll Absolutely. be in town again. Always. A couple of months, we'll be Michael back. Michael Chevelle is yeah. a cool motherfucker, and I always enjoy hanging out with him. And I always enjoy doing this podcast. You guys are the shit. I love you all. Thank you very much. And uh, I will see you probably, oh, Tuesday with Joey Coco Diaz. Later.